I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, I'm the host, and if you are new, or you are newer, and you don't know what Couch Talks is, it is the special bonus episode of Uni Therapy that I put out every Wednesday where I answer questions that listeners, like yourself, send to me at katherine at unitherapypodcast.com. So just so you know, Anybody out there listening can send an email about any question they have regarding mental health, maybe their own personal journey, maybe a friend, maybe just a question in general. You can send that to me and maybe one day it will show up on the show. And to add some extra cushion to the safety of that, all of the emails remain anonymous on the show. I don't give out the name, even the first name of the person that sends it in so you can feel good about what you're sharing and you know that what you share is going to be could be anybody, could be any human in the world could have sent me that email. Now, today, before we get into the question, usually I answer one question and also everybody's favorite reminder that although I am answering your questions today and although this is a podcast called Uni Therapy, this does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for actual therapy or mental health services. Okay, so now we can get into what I want to get into before we get into the question. I hope that everybody out there had the weekend they needed to have. I had the weekend I needed to have, but it wasn't the weekend that I was expecting or would have planned up in my head. It was not a bad weekend by any means. But on Saturday, I 
didn't really have a lot of plans. I went and did some stuff with my boyfriend, went and played pickleball with some friends. And then I had this whole afternoon and evening pretty free. And I was like, wow, this hasn't happened in a long time. And had this random thought that I wanted to create this like tablescape situation. Really, I just wanted to have a centerpiece for my kitchen table because I have been having these thoughts that I want my house to feel more homey. Like there was, you know, some thought put into the decor and it's decorated, but I want it to feel more like connected versus like random things just put there because I have it. So side note, decorating is not my strong suit. I don't have the eye to detail. I don't have the attention to detail that you need. I, that stuff really stresses me out. But I had seen some things on social media that I was like, oh my gosh, I can do that. I can make that. I just have to find these things. So I recruited a friend and I said, I want to make this. Let's go get the stuff to make it. Thinking like I can do this cheaper than going and just buying this at a store already done. <sighs> so we do all the stuff. We go to a thrift store first to buy some of the stuff that we could find in a less expensive way. Then we go to another store. We get all the supplies and I get all these ideas and I'm so excited. And I get a lot of stuff knowing that I'm not going to use it all. So I'll return some of it. Well, then I get home and I was so excited to get everything. I started like taking tags off and this and that. And my friend was like, Hey, I think she probably said it more than one time. Don't take the tags off yet because you want to put everything out and see if you like it before you really just go full throttle. But of course, I was like, no, it looks great. I love it. So I did all this, put the centerpiece together and then made this little flower arrangement and this really pretty vase that my friend had gotten me for my birthday that I wanted to use. And all of a sudden, I get this overwhelming feeling that my decor looked like something that would be in a nursing home. And (laughs) to give you a visual, I got those like, I don't know what to, call, what to call them. They're like little like glass marble bead things, but they're like flat on the bottom. I, I got them to put in the bottom of a vase to like keep the flowers there, which don't know why that's what I chose, but that's what I, in my head, that's what I needed to choose. And I had these like fake flowers in there. The flowers looked a lot more fake than I thought they looked. And I like remember putting a vase on my bathroom counter and I'm like, okay, that doesn't look right. So I leave and I come back and then I look at it more and I kind of like tilt my head and I have this thought that, this doesn't look right because this looks like something that would literally be in a nursing home, which again, no shade to the nursing home decor. It's just not what I wanted my house to look like. It would have looked beautiful in a nursing home. And so I just have this moment where I'm just, I get so upset. I get so overwhelmed because I'd spent all this money. And of course I ripped the tags off of everything, even though my friend told me not to. And I was just so upset because one, I was disappointed because I think I thought that I could make this really beautiful vision come to life. And I was given this reality check that I didn't ask for that like, hey, this is not your strong suit. Remember that. So even though you want to do this DIY thing or you want to find the less expensive way to do this, sometimes it's just better to let somebody else do it that's more apt at doing that. And I have plenty of data to support this. I've tried many art projects that I have found online that did not come to fruition. And most of the time it doesn't bother me because I don't spend a lot of money on it. But I spent a lot of money, not like a ton, but way more than I wanted to. I could have honestly, for the money that I spent, I could have just bought the nice centerpiece, but I didn't. And anyway, so I had this moment. I had this like, oh my gosh, like, wait a second. Do I not have good taste? Like I really had a moment. I, I was questioning if like the rest of my house 
is ugly because I picked this stuff out and it was ugly. And I was like, wait a second, are my clothes ugly? I just like had a moment. I obviously overreacted, but I just got overwhelmed by, I think really my disappointment because I was so excited to do it. And I tell the story, you're probably like, okay, you are bad at decorating your house. What's the point? Well, I tell this story because I learned a couple lessons in this experience and it brings me back to the bagel moments, that series that I still want to start. If you guys want to send me your bagel moments where it started with a story. I don't know if everybody listening probably hasn't heard the story, but I had an experience this year where it was the first of the year actually, where I cried over a bagel and I learned a lesson through that experience. And it wasn't about the bagel. It was obviously about something else. And one of the questions that I challenge myself to continue to ask myself when I'm faced with these disappointments that cause some emotion is to ask myself the question, what does this make possible? Which I did not do in the bagel moment. And in this moment, at first, I did not do it. If you're one of my friends and you're listening, you're like, you did not ask yourself that question while you're having your mental breakdown when you first realized that all of the stuff that you bought was ugly. But the next day, I will say I didn't necessarily cry over this one. So it was some growth. But the next day, I did actually have some of that, what does this make possible, come to light. I woke up still disappointed. And then I started thinking, wait a second, I've been talking about how I want to decorate the front porch of my office and I need a new spring wreath for the office front door. And I realized, oh my gosh, that stuff doesn't work in my house. But if I arrange it in a, I actually had these pots on my front porch that I also was like, I want to use these, but I don't know what to put in them. So I realized, oh my gosh, if I arrange this and these pots in this way, that actually would work at my office, even though it doesn't work here. And then I also really became face to face with this lesson that I think the world is continuing to try to teach me that I need to um, incorporate more patience and slow down a little bit more and savor experiences versus like bust through them. Because I got home and I just wanted to bust through having this beautiful centerpiece. I was cutting off the ends of these flowers before I knew if I liked them. I was taking the tags off. I was doing this. And if I would have just slowed down, kind of put things together, see if I liked it, looked at it from afar, taken a moment, gone back to it, I probably would have realized "Mm, this is actually not what I was thinking. And I could have packaged everything up and taken it home or not taking it home, taking it back to where it belonged. It's its original home, the store it came from. And so it was a, a really nice, low stakes way. Nobody got hurt for me to learn that it's really important in this season of my life to slow down. So I shared that long-winded story just to give you guys another example of how this question, what does this make possible, can really help us when we are faced with disappointments and letdowns and experiences that didn't go as planned. And it makes possible for me the next time I do something like that, I'm probably going to have a better experience because I'm going to enter it with caution. I'm going to be excited and also not bust through the door. I'm going to open the door and walk through. And also I put off stuff from my office way more than I put off stuff from my house. And so it allowed me to start decorating the front porch of my office when I probably would have waited to the middle of summer to really put some stuff out there. So there you have it. That's my own bagel chronicle. Again, if you guys have more, I'd love to share some of them on couch talks maybe once a month. So send them in to me. And if you don't, I'll just keep sharing mine because it's always a good reminder to be hit with that question. What does this make possible? Now that we have that done, let's move to the question of this week. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, always keep these questions anonymous. So I'm going to read this from our listener, and then we're going to talk about it. And hopefully a lot of you can take something from this human's experience who is so gracious and kind to share what she's going through with us. So here it is. I'm a little behind on the podcast, but I just listened to the difference between therapy and TV therapy. Something that was said on that episode got me thinking. Tara was talking around minute 10 about how if all a therapist is doing is making mm -hmm noises and nodding and then asking how does that make you feel, giving no information and so on, this is really what TV therapy looks like and not real therapy. She then went on to say that if someone's therapist is doing this, hopefully it isn't the only thing happening and there may be some skills lacking if so. This got me thinking a lot about my current therapist. I've been seeing my therapist for a little over a year. At first, it was to deal with my anxiety, depression, and life changes I was dealing with at the time. However, I feel now she's no longer meeting my needs. I've recently been showing signs of PTSD, and I do not feel like she is helping. I am thankful she is there to listen, but she's not offering me any tools to help with this difficult time. I understand that this might not be her area of expertise. 
I appreciate her and what she's done in the past to help me get out of the difficulties of anxiety and depression. But now I feel like I'm facing this uphill battle alone and she simply nods her head offering no help. How do I go about handling this? I do not want to hurt her feelings or for lack of a better word, insult her professional skills, but I know I need to work through this and be given tools to deal with this. Recently, I had a flashback. Luckily, I was at my house and my husband was there to help as much as he could. But had this happened while he was not around, I'm not sure it would have ended well. The few tools she has offered me in the past help on a minimal level. I don't know if I should break up with her or ask for more help from her or find a second therapist. I'm hoping maybe you can talk about what you would do in this situation. Thank you for sharing that. Something that I think a lot of people experience in their experience in therapy is I go to a therapist and she's really helpful in one area and this this other thing pops up and I don't know if she's as helpful in that area. And so what do I do? My initial thought is before you abort the mission, we really need more information. It is true that a therapist can be, like I said, really good for a specific thing or a period of time and then not very helpful with a different issue because we as therapists are not all knowing. We're not experts in every area of mental health. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's insulting to any therapist. It's just a fact. We can't be great at every single mental health issue in the world with every single personality of person out there. And that just makes sense to me. So it would make sense that your therapist was the right fit for your initial needs, but maybe you both outgrew each other in some ways. But again, we need some more information. So before we assume that that's the case, I would encourage you to talk about this with her. I personally don't know the details of what your sessions have been like or if you have already done this and it felt like it just went unnoticed. But if you are experiencing symptoms of PTSD, I would want you, if you are my client, to say, hey, I think these things are happening. I'm experiencing these new symptoms. I don't really know what they're from. They feel like they might have something to do with PTSD. And and I want to know what you think. And is there something that we can do to help this? Something that I can learn or, or we can work on to help me deal with some of these things. And I say that because we can't, as therapists, know what we don't know. So if we don't know and you don't tell us about what's going on at home or at work or within friendships, we can only know the information that you're giving us about your life and your experiences. And, and like I said, maybe you've done that and you feel like it's being unnoticed or it's just being ignored. But I would wonder if you haven't just blatantly said that, how that would turn out and how that might change your therapist's direction. And if it does feel like you've been saying this and you've been telling her things that that should spark an alarm, I just would wonder what it would be like to share basically what you shared with me with her. And that could be done in a number of different ways. It might sound like, hey, you've been so helpful to me and I'm so grateful for our time together. However, more recently, I've been going through some different stuff than what I came in here wanting to work through. And the recent flashback that I had really scared me and I can't help but wonder what would have happened if my husband was not around and I want to feel more confident that I would have some tools to be able to move through those difficult times. And sometimes in here, I feel like my current concerns, like some of these symptoms or my flashback are going kind of unnoticed. And I really need help right now, specifically with developing tools in this area or coping skills in this area so I can feel more safe. So I wanted to know if this is something that we both can work on together or do you think I need to find a therapist that's more specialized in this area? And if so, is there one that you might recommend? 
And I want to address the part where you said you don't want to insult her or basically make her feel bad or any of that. It's important to remember as a client in therapy that therapists are there to help you and not vice versa. So you can care about how we feel. I think that's important. That's part of the human experience to have uh, offer care towards the people around us. Um, But you can care about how your therapist feels without making it your responsibility. So if a therapist is hurt or offended by you sharing your experience in therapy, well, she can go to therapy to process that on her own. It isn't your fault. It isn't your responsibility. And the truth is humans, any human cannot control how another human feels. So you can't make her feel bad about herself. You can't make her feel like she isn't good at her job. You can't, you can't make that happen. She might have an experience based on herself or she might have an opposite experience than you would expect. So there's nothing wrong with sharing what you feel and asking for help in a therapy session. If a therapist isn't providing a space for you to do that in therapy, then that's not really on you. That is not your job to, to field and to control and care for other people while you are in therapy yourself. And also this conversation could offer up a dialogue, an important one that might help just as much as developing some of these coping tools and skills it might unlock a behavior that you didn't know you were doing with people and it might be really helpful for you to hear your therapist's perspective on the experience you're having we could be making assumptions about her that are not true and this conversation could allow you the one that you hopefully will have in the future might allow you to see something that maybe you've blocked by your feelings and thoughts about your personal experience so all in all I think we can't know if you need a new therapist until you talk to your current one. And you always have the power to find a new therapist. But before you do that, I would encourage you to gather some more information to see if that is really what you need. Or who knows, that might be a survival skill to like jump and run. That might be a survival skill that you've learned in, in your past to help you cope with feeling unheard or let down or disappointed. Also, you could have this convo and it goes well and you think she hears you and you're like, oh, great. This is going to turn out how I need it to turn out. And then it ends up she hears you and she goes back to her normal, just nodding and smiling. I think then at that point, you could confidently say, I might want to find somebody who's more direct with what I'm needing right now. So there is a time and a place for the nod and the smile and the listening ear that is a part of therapy. I want everybody to hear that. Tara even said that in the episode. It's a part of it. But it's not the whole thing. And there should be more at some point. And more can look a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to look like giving direct feedback. It doesn't have to look like a certain exercise. But there should be at some point more to therapy than just a caring smile and nod. So I hope that was helpful. And I hope that was helpful for anybody who might be feeling unheard or just confused in their own process as a therapy goer. I also just want to put a little disclaimer out there for the therapists of the world. Therapists aren't perfect. So sometimes they might not show up in that session the exact way that you need them to show up. Maybe they had a bad day or maybe they got stuck on something that really wasn't that important. Therapists, just like any other job, sometimes we just have a bad day and that's part of working with a human and not a robot. And that's also allowed to be part of therapy as well. I've had clients that have asked, hey, like, Last week, you seemed kind of off. Are you okay? And rather than me dive into my own personal story 
it is really helpful to hear, okay, tell me about what that was like for you. What did you notice? What was bothersome? And, and let's talk through that. And, and maybe I was having a bad day and I can say, you know what? I was struggling and that's on me. I should have said today's not the day or I, I should have called it out and, and I wasn't in a space to do that. And so I apologize. And what do you need from me to, to make it better? Those are therapeutic things like that is therapy in itself to speak your experience and allow that to be okay and then also give space for repair of a relationship that's literally how I say I don't know how often I say on the podcast I say it to clients a lot that therapy is supposed to be like a safe experiment of how we want you to go out and live in the real world so you get to do whatever here mess up it gets to be a little wonky and then once we feel like oh I can do this you move out and you do that in the world and it's never perfect but that's the the beauty of being a human, you're never going to be perfect. So there's always going to be those little moments. So thank you for writing in and sending your question. Like I said before, if you guys have questions, send them to me, Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. If you have your bagel story, send that to me. If not, I will continue to share my bagel stories, my bagel chronicles, um, and hopefully they continue to help. I hope that you guys have the week you need to have, have the bagel moment you need to have, and have the conversation and therapy that you need to have. I will be back with you for part two on our Four Horsemen series. I'm so excited about this series. I'm having a lot of fun doing it because I just think, like I said in the episode on Monday, so simple yet so helpful. We will be talking about contempt, which is a very important one. So until then, keep having the moments that you need to have. Bye guys. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.